is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we are talking to Lisa Konecki. Hey, Lisa, welcome to Speakernomics. Tom, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me and thank you for listening. Oh, I am so glad that you're here because today we're going to talk about something that's really important to a lot of our listeners, really no matter how long they've been in the business, but especially for those who are on the newer side. We're going to talk about building a new speaking business in a very crowded field. So, Lisa, what are your two tips for speakers who are building a business when they have a lot of competition? Tip number one, be genuine and authentic. Tip number two, be generous and ask questions. All right. So that are those are wonderful tips. And those are things that I would say you live by because I know you. So for those of you who don't know Lisa, she saves lives one ally at a time using humor, engagement, and fun stories. She is a DEI speaker and a thought leader, but she has only been in the space for two years. Before that, she was a middle school counselor who was inspired to go take this message out beyond because of an interaction with a 12-year-old student. So, Lisa, as we get started, let's go back to middle school. Well, not actually middle school for us. You were a middle school counselor. Right. You're in your office. Oh. And a 12-year-old student comes in. What happened? My second year, I'm sitting in my office, knock on the door, 12-year-old student walks into my office and says to me, Miss Kennecke, it's easier pretending to be a boy than it is to be gay in this town. I was shocked, and at that point, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't out. I was afraid I would get fired, and so I went home that night talked to my wife, said, I have to do something to help this kid not become a statistic. She said, I need to come out, came to school the next day, found the student, thanked the student, told the student that I was gay. And the student's response to me was, well, no doubt, Miss Kennecke, we all knew that. <laughs> so I started a blog, wrote a book, did a TED talk, started my speaking business. Wow. But you jumped into this field as a speaker two years ago about the time that diversity, equity, and inclusion became one of the hottest topics out there. But at the same time, there were already a lot of established speakers and more coming in. What was it like starting a business where everyone was in your space? And let's say that we started the business March of 2020. We all know what happened in March of 2020. (laughs) Starting a speaking business just days before the global (laughs) pandemic, that's just an added level. Why not? That's where, you know, the diversity comes in. I did a lot of research to be able to say that I I think I know what I want to talk about. And that's where my, you know, being true to myself came in. And yeah, it was a very, very crowded field. And here are people that have all of these degrees and years of experience. How can I, little Lisa from Loganville, Wisconsin, jump into this? So trying to create a network of people that I could look up to and ask a lot of questions of. That's how I started. So you actually did look to people who were very established DEI speakers and reached out to them and asked questions. Let's talk about that for a minute. If you're going into a field where there's a lot of established people who are kind of the celebrities on the topic, what's it like to reach out to them and say, hi, I'm the new kid on the block? 
Well, the good thing is, A, I'm not shy. So I will, that, that I have going for me. And as my, my good friend Lois Kramer says, you know, you only risk a no if you don't ask. And so Jess Pettit, thank you. Thank you for being an open door and an open phone line that I could start asking the question because not only did I want to figure out, is it someone who maybe looks like me and sounds like me? versus uh, Lenora Billings-Harris, who is another mentor out there. So I had both sides of things of how can I, you know, maneuver and, and fit into this space and, and not well, not that I was going to step on anyone's feet because um, I did ask questions and I also wanted to, um, to learn, to learn from the best, to be a sponge and to say, all right, I want to do this the right way. I don't want to put a whole bunch of money in and then lose that all. So they were very genuine, very caring, giving with their time too. So what were some of the things that you found coming into a space that at that time was becoming one of the most popular topics out there? But again, as I said, everybody was suddenly a DEI speaker. What was that like for you? It's very, very hard to get into the corporate world. So for me, I know the world of education. So I've been in education for a very, very long time. So I knew that route. And then there's not a lot of money there. And so that's where I was like, well, maybe the CSP can wait. And so then trying to find out in the corporate world, there are, if you're a big enough corporation, you might have your own committee. You might have your own department that is has someone, that's their job, is to work on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, if that person is there and they're doing the trainings, they sure don't need Lisa doing her own little show shift and shape for diversity. And I didn't have credibility yet either. So that's where I went and I was like, okay, I need a degree. Not that I needed one, dear person listening. I, Lisa Kennecke, felt that that would give me credibility. So I went to Cornell University to get my diversity and inclusion certification so that I could try to play with all of the big players out in this crowded field. So, you know, last week's issue or issue, last week's edition of Speakernomics, we talked about the importance of certification. Both we talked about the CSP, but we also talked about certification in your field. Why did you think, you know, and, and you're right, not everybody has to do this, but why was it important to Lisa to get a certification in DEI from a reputable place like Cornell to be able to help you launch that career? Why was that important to you? I had a master's of counseling. And if you don't know what a master's of science in counseling does, you know, it's like, oh, tell me about your feelings. Here's a, you know, a tissue for your issue. I wanted to be bigger and broader than that. And so having Cornell behind me, that was, that was important to me as well as I knew that education is important, whatever it is. And so by me taking that course, showing that I was willing to put forth some money, take some time. I also knew that it would help my networking, which it absolutely exponentially opened up for me to be able to say, now I know these people. Oh yeah, I've heard of you. I've read your article. And so for me, again, it was that connection and then networking just ballooned from there. All right. Well, we're going to come back to the networking thing because I think that's really important when you're starting a speaking business or anything. However, I'd like to get to the tips that we started with. So your first tip was be genuine and authentic. Now, don't all speakers claim they're genuine and authentic? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
and, and, and maybe they are, you know, and, and I think for me to answer that question, again, coming in as the new person, I'm learning not only um, the marketing, the business side of all of this. I went through our leadership academy at NSA Wisconsin. And so just going through all of those different chapters of learning how to start a speaking business, no business experience at all, no problem getting up and talking. And if I didn't know what my story, I could always fall back on my story and I could always fall back on my experiences. Not that they are the same for everyone. However, if I could show through some of my stories, the resilience that I've gone through, maybe it's going to save a life somewhere else. So to me, that's what it was about being genuine and tell and saying my truth. And it was scary. I'm not going to lie. You know, stepping into this field, it was like, how much do I say? How much don't I say? And so I just had to be so I could look in the mirror every morning and be like, yep, you're you're okay. So I think you bring up a really interesting point. And I think a lot of us and I was probably guilty of this. When we get into the business, we show up and we think, oh, all of these people, they're they're established. They're making all this money. Corporations and associations and colleges are calling to bring them in and they're getting standing ovations. And when people show up, they think, oh, my gosh, I had better show up as speaker man or speaker woman. And try to look like I'm just like Jess Pettit or Lenora. How do you show up when you're the newbie on the block and just say, hey, I'm Lisa and this is what I got. How do you do that? Two words. Cheese curds. (laughs) Now, I'm going to let everybody who's listening in on a little secret. The first time I met Lisa at the National Speakers Association Conference in Las Vegas, she was sort of the greeter and... I heard she was giving out cheese curds to people she specially liked. And I had just met her and I, I didn't get cheese curds right away. And I let it be known that cheese curds are among my favorite, like guilty pleasures in the world. And all of a sudden, you know what appeared? A whole bag of cheese curds. So let, and, let, and, and, <laughs> let's talk about the cheese curds as part of your genuineness. That was, well, I am a born and bred cheesehead. I am Lisa from Wisconsin, and it was a token of appreciation to all of the, in a year, the collection of mentors that I have had who had given up their time to me. Oh my gosh, I stole someone's cheese curds. No, 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 you, no, not at all. Um, but look, you're in that realm as well, my friend. And so, you know, and just starting out, I don't have a lot of cash to throw at things. I can't afford this program. I don't know which program to join or, you know, whose book to read, et cetera. So again, it was just me testing the waters and cheese curds is how I did that as a thank you. Right. And paying it forward, because hopefully someday there will be someone who looks up to me in the same way I look up to all of my mentors. So this is a great transition to your second tip, which is be generous. So let's talk about being generous, because that's the way I think of you. That's what I've seen you do within the National Speakers Association. So what do you mean to a new speaker about be generous? The first thing about being generous as a new speaker is unless you absolutely positively have to pay your bills, do plenty of gigs for either free 
nominally, exposure, whatever it is. Let me tell you, that is one of the best things that I was told by the people with whom I've, you know, worked and given cheese curds. And it has, it, it has taught me, yep, I like that. Oh, I should tweak that. And for me, this may sound right, wrong, or indifferent, but because I was just showing up at a rotary and not getting paid, it was a chance to practice. And it was an opportunity for me to get my name out there. And so the generosity, let me tell you, um, I lost money the first year. Um, and so, but that it has opened, the universe has opened up for me. And I'm so, so thankful that I was generous with my time and my message at the very, very beginning. And then the other part of the whole generosity is when those the great names let's say in nsa you know i would reach out my last question to all of them even though i know i might not have a lot to give was what can i do for you and and not like in a, a braggadocious way but if i'm i mean yes i'm new to the speaking gig but i'm not a young buck by any stretch so if i could do anything to help someone that's the other thing that i wanted to do so I love this sense of generosity. Of course, it plays directly to the spirit of Cavett and what the National Speakers Association is all about. But, you know, that advice of when you're brand new, go out and, and speak. It might be for free or for a waived or discounted fee. There are a lot of people who teach the opposite of that. And I'm actually in your camp. I believe, you know, I learned from from Zig Ziglar. Uh, I believe his famous line was, you got to speak for free before you speak for fee. And the idea behind that, and they say that he gave like a thousand free speeches before he ever started getting paid. The idea behind that is, number one, it's that generosity. It gets your name out there. But also, it lets you make mistakes along the way. Because if you're doing it for free and you're not great, all of a sudden, no one can say, well, we gave her X amount of you know money for that. And it, wasn't, it didn't live up to that. So I think it gives you the get to, to sort of get your chops, for lack of a better term. I don't know if that's the right word, yeah, but, yeah. but, but it, lets you, it lets you get out there. So I actually think that's great advice because I think there's a lot of people out there who are giving the opposite advice and then people aren't speaking very much. And what I've found is the more you speak, the better you get. Do you agree? 100%. I, so much so that, I mean, my pride time, Prime time is June. And so this past June, I spoke, I, I gave 30 presentations in 30 days, you know, some very, very nominal. Um, but again, for me, it's the exposure. And, and when I talk about generosity, it is about saving a life. If I can cause that ripple in one person to be nice to that person, fill in the blank for wherever they need that that kindness oh my friends that's what it's all about and and you're so right with the practice i've learned a whole lot the second part you said was that when you would talk to people and ask them for their ideas their thoughts their advice you would end with what else can i do for you and and a lot of people say that but people don't really know what to answer and things like that. But I, I've actually seen you actually connect people. You actually do things for people. So it's not just the words, it's the finding something to do for people. So how does someone who's new to speaking help people who are more established, who maybe gave them some advice? How, how can you even do that if they say, oh, I, I don't know, I got nothing, you know, I, I got nothing, you don't have to do anything for me. How do you find the right thing to do for somebody? Well, for me, it, it, nominally, it did start with the cheese curds. You know, that's a ha ha, very memorable. And it, it's in, not. It's not a ha ha if you love a good cheese curd. <laughs> 
unless you're lactose intolerant, you know, that's one thing that I need that I need to consider. But I think for me, it was the sure, you know, eventually I can pass your name on to someone. But I think that it also goes back to tip number one of being genuine to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of cash to give you right now. Can I write something on LinkedIn for you? Heck yeah. You know, so those type of things that don't really, there's no cash behind it, but there's value to me, 100%. You know, Lise, can you share this link? You bet. I was right on top of it. Volunteering wherever I could and, and, and spreading the love to whomever was out there who had made um, a difference in my life. That to me, um, just the small ways, you know, and you can do it kind of in the background. Doesn't have to be the Lisa K extroversion way out there. It was like, okay, yep. Let me help you along here. So you bring up another point that I wanted to touch on. And that was, you said volunteering. A lot of people who are new speakers think, oh, who am I? I can't volunteer. Or they think I'm too busy building my business. Where can I volunteer? You've done a lot both in the speaking industry and elsewhere, where you've shown up and rolled up your sleeves and said, how can I help? So let's talk about volunteering a little bit and how that's helped you along the way as a new speaker. Absolutely. So I, again, credit to Rob Bell from Wisconsin, who told me about NSA, went to my first chapter meeting, had done my research, learned about the spirit of Cabot. I actually brought an apple pie to my very, very first NSA Wisconsin chapter meeting. You're kidding me. <laughs> like an actual apple pie. Did you bake it oh, yeah. or did you buy it? I, I did buy it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, but it was baked in a, in a, in a brown paper bag. So it's kind of a, a fun little thing in Wisconsin. And Susan Young, the president at the time, and Sherry Neal, who was our president elect, were in awe. So yeah, so I show up with a pie to my very first meeting and, and I'm ready to volunteer. What do you need? How can I help? So join the academy. And then knowing that uh, Vegas is coming in my first influence, um, I know this thing after many, many years of serving on other national boards and being at other national conferences, things that people really like. They like to know where they're going, where are the bathrooms, and where is the coffee? And so what I like doing is volunteering, and I did this without anyone saying anything in Vegas, but it was, hey, come on this way to the coffee. And let me tell you, it, the eyes and the, the, the relief in some people, I'm like, yep, get your caffeine fixed. So much so that then I was asked, hey, would you like to do this, you know, at um, Nashville? Heck yeah, sign me up. And so for me, that volunteering is, it is uplifting humanity. It's that abundant generosity, which are our NSA values. And it's connecting those who might not have a connection, especially if you came on your own to this big conference and you don't know anyone. Well, let me help you find the other people who, dare I say, are singles or, you know, really like doing this. So it was an honor to volunteer and I still love it. So I saw you do it in Vegas and I especially saw you do it in Nashville. You were standing at the top of the escalator and as people came up, you welcomed them, you asked them if they needed anything. And I walked by you a few times and there was always a circle of people around you because they knew that you were the conduit so that they could go find the right staff member. They could go find somebody who they were looking for if there was a specific speaker they wanted to meet. And the whole time, you did this. And so let's talk about that. For someone who's new to the business, putting yourself out there, A, it might seem scary, but B, what are the benefits? What's the payoff you've gotten from that volunteering, from bringing a pie? What? How is that helping your business? People know who I am. 
in a positive light. And I am, I am, I mean, talk about, you know, my values, positivity is number one. And I'm a woo out there winning others (laughs) over too. And, And so I think that I know that that is a gift that I have. I'm really good at remembering people's names. I'm good at, I can um, take a conversation. I know how to shake hands correctly. I know what pronouns to use with people to make them feel comfortable. So when you're talking about being surrounded by people, I mean, to me, that's my jam. And if I can help one person who might be looking at the app on their phone to get to where they need to go, dear NSA board member, you know, that that to me is what it's all about, because then it is a service to everyone else. And it's not that, you know, I had my spot. And and I loved being there. And and same thing in our chapter. It's like, this is my strength. Let me greet people. I can make them feel comfortable. And and then they can go about their day. I don't need to be up in everybody's business the whole time or to creep on you. But I'm here. I'm here to serve if needed. All right. So we had talked earlier about networking and what we just talked about really came into that. So let's take the 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 NSA quotient out of it and let's talk about just networking in general as a new speaker out there in the world. How do you network and how does that lead to business? What a great question. I thought that I had to be on every social media platform all the time and finally realized, nope, I can't. So my Gen X world that I am decided that, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to, um, Facebook is where I'm going to go. Now, LinkedIn is where a lot of businesses. And so I went on LinkedIn to find people who are like me when you asked that question earlier, who is in my field? And so I would follow them and I'd learn some things. And then coming back to Facebook, what was so wonderful is, and it just happened out of the blue, I would say it's a great day to save lives with fill in the blank with whomever I am working with, wherever I was working. And when I started two years ago, my goal was all 50 states. And so when I hit all 50 states, that was an an awesome opportunity for the networking because I think that it's one of those like another rung on the ladder to say, Oh, okay. So there's some credibility. And, and I think the networking in the world of education has opened up to say, okay, dear friends in corporate, here's who you should also get to know. And every time that I speak, whether it's to four people or to 400, I know that somewhere the message is going to be heard. I got an email earlier today from someone who heard me two years ago. Hey, can we have you? And that's when I would hear people say, you know, yeah, 10 years later, they remembered me. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So I could do better at networking and using my social media. So I'm always willing to learn. So as a newer speaker, who is now working a lot. You said that, that Pride Month, you spoke every day, both either in person or, or via online avenues. You spoke every day and your calendar is starting to fill up. So you're starting to get you know your, your feet on those rungs of the ladder. What does it feel like now that you've gone from, hey, I'm that newbie, I'm Lisa, I wanna be a speaker, to now you're being booked as an expert on diversity, equity, and inclusion and being able to impact people's lives. What's, what's the shift that's happening in the world of Lisa? What a great question. I think that the the responsibility is coming a little bit more on my shoulders to provide a message that is honed into that particular 
company, client, whatever it might be. So I can't just do my regular, here's what it is, here's who I am, rah, rah, you know, um, fill in the blank. And so I think that it, it's taking more time and, and it's allowing me to grow so that I can use more resources in order to then hopefully book the larger amount um, fees that someday I'm hoping to get. So that would be the growth that I'm looking for is to be able to say, and my shift is, yeah, I don't think that I'm going to do that. Or I'm finally at a point where I can say, I've actually done so many, um, not, it's not free, but I've done so many um, gigs that I have, oh, I can't even think of it right now. Waived fee. That I've waived the fee. Thanks, Tom. And so now I can be a little bit more, oh, you know what? Nope. And so if I don't take that lower fee, I can actually work on my business. And and that's phenomenally exciting for me. All right. So you're in a field that is is very crowded. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who are sort of the legends in in, in the topic that you speak on. What advice do you have for somebody who might be coming into to your topic area or to any topic area where people say, oh, well, everybody speak. You'll, you'll never make it there because there's so many people who speak on that topic. What advice do you have for people? Believe in yourself. If you, that's what you think you want to do and if you have a message, by all means. To me, the people who want to hear it and who need to hear it probably will hear it. And if you're bombing um, or not doing well, maybe that's the universe saying, well, let's tweak it a little bit. Maybe you're more of a writer than you are an actual speaker. You can still communicate and still get that message out there. But I am, I'm a big fan of putting things into the universe. And, and I think that that's where my positivity comes in to be able to say, okay, so here's how far I can go along before I need to change my, my avenue. So as we wrap this up, and I'm so appreciative that you've shared your whole journey, if that 12-year-old student who came in and talked to you was to ring your doorbell, what would you say to them today? Well, I would ask if I could hug them first and foremost and ask that permission. And my, my guess would be the answer would be yes. And to say that I was there to thinking that I had to save that child's life and that child actually saved my life and took me down this great path that I can reach so many more people and save so many, so many more lives because of one kid at one moment at one hour of the day. That's one of the things I love about the speaking business is we were all inspired by something or someone in so many different ways. And if we can step back and realize that that little piece of inspiration was a spark that allows us to go out and really touch others, then I think we can all sit back and be really proud to be part of this, of this profession. So Lisa Konecki, what is the last words you'd like to share on this episode of Speakernomics? If you really, truly have a story to tell, someone wants to hear it and think about that dash. So we all have a finite amount of time on earth. And if you are looking at a tombstone, what is that dash going to say? Did you make a difference with that dash between birth and the end of your times? Not to be morbid or anything, but just think about the dash and play to that dash. Well, Lisa, you are very genuine and authentic, and you're certainly very generous. Thank you so much for sharing your story here on Speakernomics. Thanks, Tom. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. Do me a favor. Come back every single week because we're going to have more thoughts, ideas, and 
actionable information on how you can make more money and find more success as a professional speaker. And find your way to go out and as Lisa says, go out and save lives, one ally at a time, no matter what your topic is. And always remember the motto of this podcast. Say it with me, Lisa. Speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.